Hello again, How We Work family. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. So today I interview Heidi Herman, who is actually a teacher with Forge SF, which is a business I own. We take people out all around Northern California to do just kind of all things foraging, take people mushroom foraging, morel foraging, out for wild plants and medicinals. We do tincture classes. We just did a silk dyeing class, which is pretty cool. And we also teach seaweed foraging classes, which actually is what Heidi does. I love seaweed foraging. You're up in this beautiful, beautiful place near the water as the sun's rising. It's just really, it's just a really nice experience and something actually Heidi talks about in the episode. So Heidi, in addition to teaching classes with us, has her own seaweed business. She collects seaweed on the California coast, dries it, and then sells it at farmer's markets and kind of all over the place. She also tells a really beautiful story about what her seaweed harvesting days are like. She gets a lot of volunteers, people from the community, her friends to come out, and they're just so excited to be there. And I actually tried a bit of sound design for the first time on this one. So you'll kind of hear some sound there. So listen for that. Something we talk a lot about too is the idea of building community around your business. It's something I used to do with my underground dinners. A lot of the people who would be working the dinner would actually be volunteers. So the servers and some of the kitchen staff. And what I really loved about that is how excited they were to be there, right? So someone who works a job every day, you know, you kind of like lose a bit of the romance of it over time. But these are people who are doctors and lawyers and accountants. So for them, it was this amazing, special experience. And you could just feel that energy, you know? And I think that people who came to the dinners really felt it. Just like everyone was excited to be there. And that's something that Heidi talks a lot about too with her seaweed harvesting days. And what I love about that is the idea of building these community events around your work. I feel like it's something that we probably used to do a lot more of, right? We would all come together and do a barn raising or, you know, all go hunting together, those kinds of things. And there's a lot less of that now. There's a lot fewer of those opportunities to come together in some kind of shared mission. And Heidi has created that in her business that has become her community. You know, they give to her, she gives to them. And I think it's really beautiful, just life she has built for herself. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. As always, I'm very grateful you took the time and I hope you learned something from today's episode. Thanks so much. Yeah, so we've known each other for a little while now. You teach the classes, the seaweed foraging classes with Forage SF. Um, but yeah, we had like a little Forage SF potluck barbecue and it was really nice. It was really great to just meet everyone, have everyone in the same, you know, in the same area together and just to hear about everyone's lives, right? Like it's, it's something that really struck me. Everyone who teaches for Forage SF has like some really unique story and, you know, some interesting background and they do all kinds of different kind of side projects. Um, and I thought it would be really cool to interview you and just hear about your life and what you're doing. Cause I think you, you've taken a pretty interesting path. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I too found the, the conversations we had at your gathering to a lot of connect, uh, similarity with the other forage, forage leaders and that we had a mix of jobs and we were, had expertise in, in one or a few of them. And we were sought out just for that skill set. Um, yeah, that was interesting. It was satisfying for me also to realize 
that was a commonality with my, I guess, colleagues in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in some ways it makes you feel kind of less alone, doesn't it? That there are like other people out there who are also kind of weird doing all kinds of different things. Like it's not <laughs> like, I feel that way. Like I feel kind of like I'm in my little bubble working all these weird different kind of projects that like aren't even necessarily related sometimes. And it was really nice to like be in a group of people and everyone was like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly my point. Yeah. You're so true that, uh, yeah, it was, uh, less alone feeling like, oh, or sometimes I call it weird or other people call my mix of jobs weird. So yeah, because it doesn't fit the, the, the one day job. So um, yeah, it, it, it's a nice group. It's a, the group, how to find those people is, is actually difficult that, that are, have the same multi set of jobs and skill sets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it is really nice though, right? Yeah, because you're talking to kind of like to normal folk, you know, people have had a more uh, straightforward path. And yeah, then like what you're doing or what I'm doing does seem a little strange. It's like, well, why would you do that? Um, and so it's really nice to see people and meet people and talk to people who also kind of have that drive to, you know, create something different for themselves. Yeah. And it sounds like that is the point of this, your uh, new podcast here, just kind of checking out those different uh, career choices. Is that how you describe it? Yeah, very, very good transition. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So that's what this podcast is really about. It's like, you know, I kind of say it's like a how to guide on creating unique, a unique life. So like, how do you right. how do you how do you create a life like yours? Like, what's your kind of day to day? Um, how does it all work? Yeah, it's a whole set of things. I think I, I listed them all. And there's about six or seven of them. So Right. There's the seaweed harvests and sales to grocers and, and chefs. That's the, kind of the anchor income. Uh, and that's uh, the work of it is in the summer and then the sales are throughout the year. So then there's leading the public tours through Forage SF. That's weekends usually um, through in the spring and summer. I have one landscape account that I do maintenance at this kind of large estate up in West Sonoma County. So that's once a week for a few hours. I lead a, I teach at Santa Rosa Junior College. I teach farming skills in the sustainable agriculture program. So it's one, usually one class a semester at their Schoen Farm facility. Uh, I'm also faculty at Sonoma State. I teach a native plant propagation course and a speech class. So two classes there, one class at the other college. Um, I have a, the land farm that I grow cut flowers and I sell to the forest industry. A big cut day is every Tuesday um, for rhubarb and um, into sales to distributors. Um, and then I lead an internship for students in the native plant garden at Sonoma State where we do restoration work. And so that's every Friday. So some of them are fixed, but I guess that's what I really like about the academic is like you just show up for the two hours of class, but there's all those other hours of prep and grading and um managing the, the kind of the online canvas platform is can all be done on, on my own time and, and my own flexibility and hours. So it's about seven different jobs, but they're all so part time and have their kind of on moments. And most of it is is kind of not in the spotlight moments. Um, so it, it, yeah, it affords me a lot of, of room to juggle and uh, all of those have their uh, incomes and 
colleagues and bosses and meetings and <laughs> all the other tangential email and then all the emails accounts for all those to manage and um but it's somehow it's enough that checks are always rolling in and uh just kind of the hustle um and hustle kind of has a negative connotation sometimes but it's uh i like it um i like the mix and match obviously i'm not sick of any of them i've, I've brought i keep weaving <laughs> a new one in um and it's a great balance especially with the academic year how that ends in may and then that's exactly when the seaweed business takes off and that's it's kind of show time that's it really has its they each have their their moments um where it they take the the focus. Um, yeah, I like somehow it's they're all kind of uh, uh, have a little bit of a nature theme to them and working in the environment. Um, and they have uh, talking or touching plants. And uh, so that's that's there's some through through thread to all of it. Um, uh, and I can kind of mostly wear the same outfit for all of these. <laughs> Um, sometimes I can, I get to dress up for some of them. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a juggle. Um, I've done the teaching for about 18 years at the junior college and at Sonoma state. It's a little more recent, maybe six years there, but I see doing those into retirement. Um, so yeah, the seaweed sales, that's a little physically demanding. So that might, that might wane off, um, uh, but these other ones will still, uh, keep the finances buoyed. Um, yeah, I can, uh, if I close a door, I have confidence that another door of, of income and, uh, uh, kind of activity will step, step in. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a nice place to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like a lot of different jobs that seem disparate in some ways, but like you're saying, it's like, there's kind of this through line of the things that you enjoy doing. You just like keep adding new things around the ideas that you enjoy teaching about and talking about and like physically doing. That's yes. a, nice, a nice way to organize <laughs> it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, let me ask you one more question about that actually around teaching. Like you do a lot of teaching in a lot of different parts of your life. Do you ever struggle with the kind of like imposter syndrome of feeling like you don't know everything on a subject, you know, like you obviously know a lot, but do you, do you get uncomfortable if there's some part of it you don't know, or how do you kind of weave that into your, into your teaching style? Um, cause I think it's something that I struggle with some with foraging, honestly, is like, I like foraging a lot. So, and I have a business around it. So people assume that I know enough to teach a class, but I actually don't think I do, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, I have different skills that kind of support the business in different ways. But, um, so I wonder like, as a teacher, is that something you ever struggle with? Totally. Um, I finally am comfortable saying, I don't know to, uh, yeah, well, most, yeah, I'm totally comfortable saying that. Um, I don't know. Let's find out who does. Or, hey, let's look that up. You know, now everyone has their phones. I'm like, oh, I forget the name of that, the Latin name of that plant. Like, oh, totally normal because they're difficult names. And then, like, that 
enables a student to, to use an app and to figure out the name of a plant. So me forgetting actually created an opportunity for someone else to learn how to use an app to ID a plant. Like, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, which app did you use? Or, you know, I suggest one to them. Or, um, so there's that in the moment. Or, like, I bring in a lot of guest speakers and because I'm like, I don't, yeah, I know a little bit about this, but let's have, you know, let's have Brian come and talk about, you know, running a, a you know, land management at parks. So, so yeah, bringing expertise in like you, like, yeah, you, you don't have for all the foraging skills. So, um, defaulting to, to, I'll get back to you or let's talk to so-and-so, or this is a website that will have more info and, and, we don't need to know all that. I mean, we all know information is, is easily had. So just directing people, um, like where that answer is, uh, or even especially with, uh, 19 year olds and college age of just like, Hmm, being stumped and like asking it back. Like, I don't know how to, to not be nervous when you're giving a speech. Like, what do you think? Um, how, how do, how, what advice have you heard? you like, let's make a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll write all those ideas down. Like, yeah, I do. I, I do know I did read that chapter. And so I have my own list, but I'll start with an open-ended, like, well, what do you, how do you guys do this? Or what have, so, so capture that and then fill in the gaps with the, the, the little, the bits that I know, or, um, and to me, like the job of teaching is, 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 is so much bigger than the moment of delivering content, like the organizing the class and the making the syllabus and structuring assignments and being comfortable in front of the class, like all those other skill sets. And then like, oh yeah, here are the, here are these little factoids that I'm supposed to convey. Um, like it's, it's. It feels almost like two, two skills. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there's, ah, yeah, I'll bring a lot. Yeah, I guess just other voices because I'm the one, the ringleader kind of, I'm the one that organizing all the information. I don't need to be the one like voicing it all. Like, let's have a video in class. Like, let's have all and talk about that. And what did you think? And it's, people aren't going to always remember the little facts it's just how like the the concepts and the emo- the philosophies and the how does it work in their life is what's really going to be the take home mm-hmm. so yeah or how excited and, they are to continue learning on their own you know oh, so true like it's yeah. so true like i feel like in our class like forage sf classes like yeah like you're not going to leave a master forager but you're going to get excited and if you get excited you're going to go on your own and learn a ton more Right. It's like almost like the spark for the fire of of knowledge. Yeah. Or how to like what to observe, especially on the forge classes. I guess I was referring to a lot of the teaching moments like in a classroom. But okay, in this in the field kind of or in the in the shore, it's yeah, you might forget the name of Kombu and its Latin name. But that that's totally okay. But but you can just taste as you go and you're looking for something that that looks like this. And this is a generally a like where to cut and, and observing the, the whole algae and being mindful of the impact you're making and where you're stepping. And so it's, 
it's kind of how they conducting themselves in that space that that's the message. Um, and I, it doesn't matter if you remember the name Wakame or which one is, you know, like I, or how to spell it or how it, it's reproductive like technique. Um, it's, yeah, it's more like this one I like. This one makes tastes good in my food. Like, how do I? I'm excited to try that. Like, yeah, a curiosity and some comfort in that new environment. Mm-hmm. So, well I guess said. that's that's the the what? Yeah, the content is more than just uh, facts to write on the notes. So, cool. So can you tell me the story of starting Strongarm Farm, the seaweed company that you own? Well, it's it wasn't a seaweed company. When I started it, uh, it was in 2009, so about uh, 15 years ago. Uh, it was a vegetable farm, and that's what I did. I had worked for many other vegetable farms and cut flower folks, and so I was starting my own. I acquired some land and uh, was doing that. I sold at farmer's markets. and there's always that that low time with a lot of farms that, that a lot of crop is in the ground, but you're not harvesting in the spring. And so what do I put on the table? And this was in Occidental, California, up in Sonoma County. And uh, I put seaweed out because that's what I had uh, just from my own personal harvest. And it was a food item. So I put that out there. It was so well received, so excite- much excitement from the customers and the market managers. Like, oh, man, there was a lot of buzz around this new product you brought. And uh, so I'm like, oh, well, that's that's exciting. Uh, let me bring some more next week and figure out a packaging and a label. And so it just really developed from there. And um, now I don't grow any vegetables. Very cool. Something that's been coming up a lot in the conversations I've been having with people is the importance of kind of like relying on your community when running a project, especially a unique project. Like, what way do you feel like you lean on the community in your area and like how has that helped you along the way? I do lean on my community. I guess well, community, so I'll define what it is for me. It's my kind of my region, my circle of friends, my network, kind of my connections. So I definitely uh, rely on my uh, network uh, when I am looking for seaweed harvesters. That's it's a volunteer aspect of my job. So I have a a shout out to everyone I've I've kind of ever met or sell to, and uh, come on out, come harvest with me. It's fun. I mean, I and I it is fun. I I believe that, and um, I tell them what to expect. This is what I'll offer. This is a time span, and it's a it's a fun kind of learning space. And come out and help me help me harvest. And a lot of people show up, and I I love it, and I get great feedback. There's it's it's helping me, and then there's credit there. I help them somewhere and I'm on call for, for them throughout the year too. So I tell them to, you know, all the volunteers to bring, bring people, bring their friends and, and some do. Some bring their parents or their kids or coworkers. And that's really, uh, I love it. Um, it's kind of weaving the circle a little bigger and who they think uh, harvesting seaweed would be fun in their circles. So, um, yeah, I've made some great friendships out of, out of that dynamic. So, that's uh, leaning, um, leaning on my community and, and involving myself, integrating myself in it. Mm. Can you walk me through a seaweed harvesting day, like one of your big seaweed harvesting days? Like what, is it, what does it entail? The seaweed harvest days, yeah. So for, 
for just to uh, backtrack a little bit on on uh, the tours I lead through Forge SF. Those are just public tours where I involve the community and they they pay and they attend and then they don't harvest anything for me. And then separate of that, I have business harvest days where I harvest more in volume, process it, and sell that. So they're separate kind of seaweed activities and mornings at the shore. So the days that I harvest for my business and go for some more volume and, and then there'll be um, processing of that, uh, it's early. All The low tides always happen at very early hours, like 6 a.m. So, so the alarm goes off at 4, get out there by like 5.30 or so, um, start setting up. The crew usually comes right around 6. And, um, and then I have backpacks, uh, outer frame, because it keeps the wet seaweed off your back a little better. Um, so like kind of outer frame, uh, Boy Scout type backpacks. And a lot of scissors. I have a whole crate of, of rubber boots so people can grab some that fit them. And so there's kind of grabbing all the gear. Maybe there's five to 10 of us in the morning that I've scheduled and had signed up in advance. So we all uh, kind of stand on the edge of the, the bluff where our cars are and look down and like, okay, here's where we're gonna go. We're gonna look for combo, see where it is out at the edge. Um, just a kind of little bit of lay of the land and um, sun's just coming up. cold. Uh, people are a little bleary-eyed because it's, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> There's a little bit of like trepidation and, and excitement. Um, I end up having this kind of perma smile on because it's I, my mood really shifts immensely when I get out there and I'm about to just immerse in this activity. So to me it's a little um, ex the adrenaline of, of, of excitement, of joy and like oh gosh what what adventure are we about to set out on? So we all um, descend down the stairs onto the beach and then head out into the, the tidal zone. The water's really receded. That's how I pick those specific days. There's only about um, 10 to 15 of these days a year, and they're always in June, July. So um, those are when the, the negative low tides are. So we go out, uh, the water is receded so much, and so there's so much of this kind of seaweed-covered rock. And there's anemones and starfish and just all the other life. And um, we'll go out and harvest kombu first because it's at the deepest point at the water edge. So I'll show folks how to, how to harvest so it can regenerate, where to cut, how to get it in the bag, what tools, you know, how to not lose scissors in the water. Um, and then we'll kind of assess the scene as well. Like, is it, is there abundance? Uh, does it kind of feel welcoming? Can't, you know, is it safe to harvest? Is it, uh, is it possible? Is what's the mood here? And um, kind of letting each person feel that and, uh, and just harvest what, what's appropriate and, and how to explain what that is, kind of what's, what is ethical harvesting? There's, it's a, it's a deeper topic, um, but it's just uh, not taking too much is is the main message. Um, um, so, 
getting folks trained, and then everyone goes to work uh, harvesting and taking um, taking these blades off the kombu, and um, bags are getting filled, and there's laughing, and there might be some water that, that sloshes into a boot, and ah, shriek, and um, slipping, and <laughs> it's just, there's some giggle, and then some a lot of quietness. Um, I look around and kind of check in with everyone, their facial expressions, how's, how's it going? Like, how are they doing on a whole and their, how their body is working? So I'm, I'm a manager out there and I'm, I kind of created this, <laughs> this uh, event, um, this silly scene that we're all in this usually underwater zone. Um, and I want to, yeah, get seaweed and make sure people are enjoying it and and safe. So, and kind of helping them out. And I want friend time with them too. So, uh, uh, we do the harvest and we bring the different full bags to shore. We might uh, transition out of the kombu because the water is coming back in and the nori is closer up to the shore. Then we'll put that in bags and then stuff our backpacks full. We'll have a kind of a, an, a, a gratitude moment to the ocean and that what all that we've taken and um, kind of a, yeah, a thank you. And, and a wow, we'll pick up some trash if there is that on our way kind of back up. Throw it all into the back of the truck. These big, hefty bags full. Um, on amazing days, there's about 200 pounds. So usually around 150 pounds of wet, wet, beautiful seaweed. Um, and sometimes I'll have strawberries or some some cut flowers up at the car to give away, uh, cookies or something. And then uh, then everyone's on their own. It's just like 8:30 in the morning, and we've accomplished so much already. Um, some people just stay there or go to a nearby cafe or something. Um, so that's that's what a harvest morning looks like. It's it's a little exhausting. At some point, I'll be kind of panting because lugging this really heavy product and over really awkward terrain and there's a lot of balance and there's usually a bruise or two involved of a slip and um, my sleeves are going to be wet. I might have a wet sock for some, <laughs> some water. So there's just something silly and kind of out of your comfort zone about the whole morning. Uh, but I love it. I'm, I'm beaming. I'm appreciative of, of this group of people that this is how they want to spend their morning with me and, and in a sense for me, but they're doing this for themselves too. Um, yeah, there's there's hugs and and then we, we everyone goes on their way. That sounds like a really nice scene. No, I mean like, I can even hear you like lighting up when you're talking about it. Like what a nice thing to do for work. You know, that's what I feel about like the foraging <laughs> stuff too. It's like, you're actually doing this for work. Like this is your job and you get to like hang out outside. And for you, especially like, you know, organizing people like that, like, like volunteers have been a big part of the projects I've worked on too. And I just love that. It's like this opportunity for them to do something that's so new and so fresh for them. So they're so excited and like, it's an opportunity for me to meet other people and for me to kind of get my business moving forward. But it like really feels like this community event, you know, and I love that you do that with your harvest. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is, 
it, it can be that emotion or that scenario can be found, yeah, in different crafted environments. I guess it's, I like that. And it, I, a lot of my jobs have that theme to them of like, we all coming together, we're going to do this thing and it's, we're going to try to make it kind of fun. And I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the pay isn't really in that moment. It's, it's like for the seaweed, it's so far down the line. It's, it doesn't feel like a, like this is my business. It doesn't feel like a money-making moment or I'm not my mindful of my Excel sheets and all those other parts of just running a, a stinking business. It's so pleasantly removed from that. So you're right. And, and same with leading the, the tours out um, with Forge SF. It's, yeah, I got to focus right on the, the what's in front of me and the humans and the scene. Like that's the, the, the job at hand. Um, and I, yeah, I think my personality thrives in that, or it's, it's a lot of freedom. It's a lot of leadership skills. It's kind of group. It's, um, how to create a, a mood in a group. Um, and yeah, that's a skill I've kind of learned from all the different jobs. Um, and they each kind of feed into each other. <laughs> I know that it's not a job for everybody too. It's a weird skill set. Um, and I, I, uh, if I have it, you know, run with it. <laughs> That's my, this is what I got in my toolkit. This is my, what, uh, you know, a skill set. I somehow, I don't even know how, but I, I have it and, uh, I can make a business. I can make income happen with this skill set. So yeah, do it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. How do you, so say, cause it really is a unique skill set to be able to organize a group of people who are essentially working for you for free, right? I mean, someone, people used to make fun of me actually about my dinners, about like how everyone was working there for free. And like, oh, well, don't you know that he's making money from this? But the reality is like, I wasn't making that much money, you know, like in the end. But, but there is something about like creating that environment for people where they're really excited to be there and they are really getting something out of it, right? Like, how do you think, how do you think about creating that environment for people so it doesn't feel like work to them? You know, really feels like they're like really getting something for being there. And it's a really enjoyable experience. Yeah, I do think about that. And I, my insecurity voice is like, oh, they're not, they're not getting enough. Or is this worth it for them? Um, why, how do I incentivize or re kind of reward their efforts or make it a fair exchange? And I, I, I guess I, I don't want to say struggle with it, but it's, it's on my mind. And so I think it's through the intangibles of, of a group activity feels good, especially during freaking COVID. Like that was really what people missed is group activity and connecting and seeing eye contact, you know, making smile with someone and sharing this, a weird new thing. Um, so there was a real yearning and, and I, a lot of people identified with like, Hey, that's something I like and need in my life. And and we, yeah, we get that at, at different jobs and, and friending, but um, how to give, create that? Like, is it through like educating? Like, hey, let me share this like, little uh, tidbit I know about anemones and people lean in. I'm like, oh, and touch this. And do you know how it, how it, what it eats and how it does that? And like, wow, some fascination um, or yeah, factoid that I learned um, that is, that's fun. And then p other people share their little, you know, 
big little um, information they have about the, you know, this unique ecosystem or how it relates to some somewhere else. So I think that sharing of, of knowledge and is feels good to share and feels good to to learn that. So that is what, yeah, how to create a, a foster that space where people can kind of share among themselves and I can offer the the, the bit that I know. So that's a value to make it, yeah, worth while i guess is that the word we use uh to make it motivating mm. um was that some of the vocab you used or yeah why totally do yeah so sh- up? just to make it feel like a nice experience for people you know i mean make it feel like something they want to do you know because i think again i think some people could look at it and say well why would they do it but like i totally understand why they do it because it's just such a, it's like such a fun adventure right like even when you were talking about it, i was thinking oh i gotta remember to reach out to her and ask when those days are, you know, and like, and I'm someone who does forge seaweed. Like I I've done it a lot in the past, but like that kind of community event where you're all coming together around like some shared purpose and you're in a beautiful environment yeah, is just really special. It is. And yeah, I think it was part of a lot of, of life, you know, many a hundred years ago and, and beyond like the thousand years before that. And we just don't have that. So it has to be structured. And um, yeah, there's no gadgetry. This is just humans and our environment. And yeah, there feels something just like, ah, familiar and like, ah, this is what, what I want, you know, we I want in my day. And, and yeah, it's why do we do that? I think there's some just innate satisfaction with that. I think it meets um, some inner need, some joy, some um, intangibles that uh, we don't come across in, in our modern life. Yeah, no, I think that's really true. Yeah, I think there's like, there's something that we all used to do together, you know, since humans evolved that we just suddenly don't do together anymore. And I think it is these kind of like this like shared work, shared goal, kind of like shared purpose, often outside creating something that like is going to keep you alive. Right. So like this is your business, like it's for money in the end. But I think something that really spoke to me is when you were talking about how in that moment it's not about that. Right. Like in that moment, it's about kind of coming together around this this thing that you love and that you're so excited about. And yes, like it needs to support you because you need to live in the world, but not having like that singular focus of like, OK, what's the most efficient way all these people could be spending their time, you know, to make as much money as they can. Like for that time, that's kind of put aside. Right. Like they're there for another reason. And it's to like come together around it and. It's just really, I don't know, yeah. it's like so normal, but it's so beautiful, actually. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's actually really unique now, I think, which is what's so cool about it. Uh, that's right. Like just remembering why are they here and that that guides what how I handle the, the, the morning. There's more of, of kind of the them that that want to have a different experience. And so we can do both. I can have my little undercurrent of, yeah, get lots because <laughs> this is how I make money. But that's that's one sentence. Okay, now there's the experience. Uh, so yeah, it's what how do what are other people getting out of it? Um, it's a, it's a kind of a form of empathy too, of just like okay, practice at what this experience looks like from the mirror, like the other the other's viewpoint of it. Um, and I, I think that's a good life skill. Um, uh, and yeah, I. Just, to me, I learned that in the, I teach too, a faculty. So it's just how to, how are people learning? How are people showing up? What are they looking to get out of this? Uh, and, and be that person 
where, where can I meet those kind of needs and receptors that these people are showing up for? I think that's really like, really hits on it, right? Is like the way to do it is to have empathy for the other person to understand why they are there, you know, and try to give them the thing that they need, you know, and not even like in a phony way, but just understand like they're here because they're excited about what you do. They're excited about this experience and like help them be excited, you know, help share with them your excitement. You know, I think that's a lot of it too, right? Is like, you're clearly very excited to be there. You're smiling, you're walking, you know, even when you're telling the story, you're smiling, you know, and laughing. (laughs) So like, clearly they show up and they feel that energy in you. And that kind of translates like, oh, this is going to be a really good time. Um, I think that that's really yeah, they're in, Yeah, you're so right. It is, you're in good hands. Like this is, it, it lets, they're, they may be new to this environment. And so they're, they're looking, they're really taking in like, okay, how do I behave? What's the right tone? And, and that's really, yeah, a teacher, like what's the mood in this classroom? What's the, are we joy or are we just like, yeah, let's get down to brass tacks. And yeah. yeah, people come back. So something's working out. <laughs> yeah, so you're I'm doing su- something right. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, what? You want to come back? You want to get up at 4 a.m. again? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it's it's an honor to have their time and their attention. And their, you know, there's been positions and, uh, you know, people with all sorts of skill sets, managers, t- faculty out with me that they they prioritize this to, to be out there. So yeah, I, I really honor and respect their time and that they want to want to do this and include this in their life. Yeah, it is an honor. I mean, I, I used to think about that with my dinners and I think what, what you said really spoke to me about like setting the tone for people, right? Like helping them to understand what kind of situation this is. You know, like when I did my dinners, almost all the wait staff and almost all the kitchen staff was volunteer. So like per dinner, I would have like 20 volunteers and maybe like three paid staff, you know, because I was like mostly volunteers. And I felt like a lot of my job actually was like, was to make sure that they were having a good time, you know, to like let them know that this is an environment where they can learn a lot, where they don't have to be overly concerned about making a mistake. This is a fun new experience that they get to have, that they get to talk to their friends about later that, you know, like, like you're saying, a lot of the people who volunteer, like lawyers or doctors or accountants, you know, like they have a very different kind of life. And for them, it's a special experience. And it's like, I think it's our responsibility as people organizing it to like to help them enjoy it in that way, help them know that they can enjoy it. And I think that that's really that's something you said that really that really speaks to me. Huh. Yeah, they can enjoy it. Yeah. yeah like they're allowed know. to. This is supposed yeah. to be fun, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, Thanks. Okay. Next question. Do you feel successful in any way that you think of what success is? Yes, I feel successful. Success as in meeting my joys and other emotional yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it's pretty well rounded the the set of jobs I have and the how I lead my life to me, that's a success. I have a lot of freedom. Um, I feel lucky. I feel privileged. I feel um, spoiled kind of with the, the life I kind of are able to live. I feel full able-bodied. That's opened a lot of doors. Uh, get to practice different communication skills, body 
physical movement, yeah, I involve so many aspects. And to me, that's, that's successful. I don't have to shelve a part of me um, or wait till, till five o'clock to, to, to do the thing I actually like doing. Like, like I, when I was selling at the farmer's market, like, well, I'm a vegetable farmer. This is what I do. But listening, seeing that feedback of when I brought seaweed to the table, like, whoa, yeah, don't struggle to grow carrots for $2 when there's this massive feedback you're getting to go a different direction. And so just staying nimble enough to, to flow, right? It's, it sounds more better in theory, but like just kind of being wide-eyed and, or, you know, wide perspective of taking in messaging and trends and what, what are some pinch points? This doesn't, this is constantly an aggravation for me. Why, how do I soften that or remove that or design a different method around it? So to me, it's, it's a agility and fine tuning constantly. Um, and so I, I'm always questioning that um, and shimmying, <laughs> shifting things to some degree and de- developing better systems. I mean, that's, that's fun to me. I don't know how other people do this. And that's, that's, I don't know if I like being alone in all these processes either. Um, that's, it's a little isolating and I'm in my head a lot. So yeah, I have agency and all that, but I, I don't know how to do all this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, no one does. I'm, you know, I'm, I think. I'm floundering around. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. Like, no one really knows how to do everything right. And certainly no one knows how to do everything that you do right. Um, and I think the people who do the most interesting things or like are the most dynamic are people who don't think they know how to do it right. Um, yeah. That are kind of wide-eyed, like you're saying, like always trying to look like, oh, like should I shift directions here? Because um, especially, you know, at this moment in history, it's like, I feel like that's, almost the most important skill is be able to understand how the opportunity might be changing and understand what you are interested in doing and how that might shift over time and not be locked into one. Yeah. Just like one way of thinking, you know, I think that that's yeah. really, that's really cool that you think like that. Yeah. I mean, we all did the great pivot. I mean, it was, it was a national discourse or global and yeah, just kind of, that's how that's normal. That's, that's how I, was and is I am and going forward I think it's great to, to always kind of be be able to pivot and like oh that's not working okay let's shift it and and I have yeah the amazing privilege to 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 just shift around and move and to make it so kind of with some things so it's small enough business I don't really affect a lot of people so I can try a lot of different methods um yeah, I think we all kind of got a taste of that, of like, oh, shift it up. Maybe it's actually better the other way. That's something I thought a lot about during COVID, actually, is so my business went to zero basically overnight, like a lot of people's did. But because I ran my own business, I was able to try to find another solution and found something that could make me money in the midterm, like kind of move my business in a different direction. But I thought a lot about people who worked regular jobs who got laid off, about how they didn't have another thing they could do and how suffocating and scary that must have been. Right. So like if, if, if what you do is apply for jobs and then someone hires and you work that job and you don't have the ability or experience to think another way about how to make money or how to run your life. And I think that it just must be terrifying, you know, and like what, what you do is, yeah, it's like, it's hard work. 
you know, you always got to be kind of on your toes thinking about different things. But like, ultimately, you have a lot more freedom to move in different directions if you need to. And I think it's, you know, it's a nice way to be, right? Yeah, it's I wish more people could um, (laughs) have these options. Me too. Um, Me too. That's why I'm starting this podcast. I want everyone to be able to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Somehow have the like deck of cards where you can like pull on different income options, different, different ways to, to do your life. And having gone, I don't even think necessarily having gone to college or is, is a a part of it at all. Like it's, it's a gumption. It's, it's a skill gathering, which can be had in a million ways. Yeah. It's a belief that you can, you know? Yeah. I I think a lot, that's what a lot of it is in some ways. It's just like, getting up every morning and just like pushing forward a little bit, you know, and if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you're able to make stuff work by just like keeping pushing forward, it's like, you might as well, might as well take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. It's worked. It kind of miraculously. Yeah. And it, it, it keep getting feedback that it's working. So I'm like, all right. Well, Ooh. clearly it's working. You've been doing it a long time. I mean, people love your classes, you know, so clearly you're really good at that <laughs> and your seaweed business is super popular. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like clearly what you're doing is working. Um, it seems like you have nice philosophies around it, which I think, which I think helps in running your own business, right? Because you are in your head a lot and you're not sure you're doing the right thing. And, and, you know, for me, my mind can just like take off in a negative way if I like focus on that too much without having like kind of ways to frame things. Like you were saying, like if you're feeling some way, kind of identifying why you're feeling that way and like trying to work on fixing that, um, I think that's a really super valuable way of thinking. Yeah, thanks. It's it's helped me, yeah, in, in personal relationships and in business and kind of empathizing with others. It's a, it's a it's it's a soft skill that that's hard to teach or you can emulate it, but you have to get there by yourself. Yeah, to that, yeah, yeah, and 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 you got to make your own way of being there, which I think is why you have to get there on your own. Like you can't uh, teach someone exactly you know. how to do it because it's like. It's so much about how, who you are. Like people want to volunteer for you because of the person you are. And maybe it's just like in each person finding like that part of them that is that kind of person that people want to come around, like not trying to be like someone else, but like finding that like seed in yourself maybe is the, is the challenge. Yeah, no, for sure. And it, it doesn't need to be yeah, extroverted necessarily, even if it's some, some other skill set someone wants to, to explore or be part of a community your role in that in that community experience mm-hmm. yeah so i just have a couple more questions uh this is great heidi i'm glad we did this i mean this is so like the whole point of me doing this is like really my goal is to just have good conversations with people and i feel like this is a really good example of that for me because like it's this time when we're able to like really dig in and talk about these things and get to learn about your life and like the way you think about work and the way you think about your business I just really, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the process. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and just ask you to, to, uh, to, so I'm kind of experimenting with all these different things in the podcast to see like what works, what doesn't work. So this is one of my things. So I'm going to ask you to finish these sentences. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love uh, food. I wish I had. Um, I wish I had less judgments of myself and others. I'm most proud of. I'm most proud of of crafting a life 
And that totally brings me so much freedom and comfort and joy and option and sticking to it, stick being motivated. That's I'm really delighted that that's working. That's great. What other of those kind of questions do you think would be interesting to ask? Like define freedom or something. Freedom. Okay. That's an interesting one. Like freedom is how, or how does freedom apply to your work or something? Or what role does freedom play in your work life? Yeah. Which, which resource do you wish there was more of or something? Um, okay. Now this is a question that I'm playing with that. It's totally okay if you say you don't want to answer it, but I'm going to ask. Okay. Okay. Um, how much money do you make last year? Um, I made a comfortable amount that bought everything I needed. Uh, I actually bought a house last year, um, but that was accumulation of a, of a lifetime of saving um, and some windfall lump sums as well. Um, how much did I make? Well, on altogether, like, piecemealing all these little incomes there's a you know a 10,000 there a 30 there like altogether it's it's definitely under 100,000 maybe between like 50 and 80,000 so that's financially um, but that's sufficient in this community and uh, my expenses so I made a lot of friends I made um, joy happen I made trips happen I made um, a balance happened. So no, that's, that's, a, that's, those are earned, <laughs> earned benefits of, of my jobs. So yeah, that's, um, that's very well said. I think it's an interesting question because people think about money all the time, right? And people who have kind of regular jobs, they have this kind of straight salary that's very clear. But for people who are in a position like yours or like mine, it's kind of random, right? <laughs> like, people have no sense of of what it takes kind of financially to live that kind of life so i think it's just an interesting interesting thing for people to hear so i appreciate you answering yeah yeah and i think like you said like the kind of benefits are not just financial right like you have it's like this whole it's your whole life you're you're getting for it um and it's so full so cool i do really want to come on one of your seaweed harvesting days sometime (laughs) Because I'd be totally into that. Yeah. Seems super fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Heidi, for being on my podcast. This was a really great talk. I learned a lot about what you're doing. And also just, I I really like your philosophy about kind of how you approach things. So thanks for sharing it. Uh, Thanks, Aso. I think your podcast has a great theme. And I think it's, uh, I'll, I'll be listening to it. I'm curious what others have to say. Yeah, no, I'll send it over for sure. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Thanks, Heidi. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. So thank you once again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Wasn't that cool when she was talking about her seaweed foraging days? And did you hear my sound design there? Got the like car doors closing and the 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 rush of the ocean. And, and so what I did was like get a ton of sounds, just kind of layer them all on top of each other. So they were all coming like in and out. Then the ambient music. I really like how it turned out. I hope you liked it too. Hope it added something to the to the experience. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this with someone who loves the ocean and loves sound design. And I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks again.